Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I've got a friend slash business acquaintance in studio, and I'm super excited about this conversation, a little uh, pre-talk, and I'm just kind of interested in where this is going to go. It might be fun, but today we have Daniel Ramsey, who um, is a real estate investor. He's become a friend, but he also owns a business called MOD Virtual. Um, it's myoutdesk.com is what it stands for. Um, and I don't know, probably six months ago, I reached out to Daniel and, and became a client of his, and it's really changed a lot of things in my life, and even just the way I think. Um, that And I'll, I'll let Daniel get into some of this, but I'm really surprised at the way that um, teaming up with MOD has changed my like philosophy and the way that I'm thinking about life. And um, But anyway, enough about me. Daniel, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, my pleasure, man. I'm excited to, uh, you know, just talk shop. I'm a big fan of real estate. I'm a big fan of passive income. And uh, funny enough, my wife, she calls it house porn. Like I, cause I look at MLS and I'm looking at real estate deals every night. I go on our uh, co-star, which is the commercial version. And I also go on a, the local, uh, just regular real estate MLS for houses. And she calls it my house porn. That's so so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to have you. So let's dive into the four questions and then we'll just kind of see where this takes us. So sure. who's had the greatest impact on your life, Daniel? Um, personally, uh, my wrestling coach, funny enough, I grew up in a trailer park as a kid. So I'm, I'm literally from the trailer hood and, um, my wrestling coach in high school, um, he was just a good dad and a, a great coach, a good human being. And so, um, as a kid an impressionable, like 14, 15 year old, I, I got to see what a good family man looked like, what a guy who showed up every day for work, who gave back to his community. Like, and so wildly enough, um, I was dating his daughter. So that's weird too, but I really saw him as a father figure growing up and he had a big, um, impact on my life. That's awesome. So did you have a dad and like, was your dad around oh, or yeah? Yeah, to totally. But the thing is when you grow up poor, you, and, and this is, I don't know if anybody listening will relate, but when you grow up poor, you think, well, I need to find role models. And for me, my, my, my parents and my family, they weren't the financial role models. They didn't like give back in the community. We struggled. They, yeah. my, my dad worked hard and he worked, you know, blue collar jobs. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's just, I early on knew that I didn't want to have that path. So I was in hunt of other role models, people in my life who had success, you know, had good families, gave back and were good human beings. Um, and so, you know, he, he was one of my role models. I remember um, my economics teacher in high school said, if you grew up poor, um, you, you're basically going to be poor. And I, you know, stupidly as a little kid, I raised my hand. I'm like, I don't think that's true. You know, and, and the economics teacher is like, well, Ramsey, 
you know, you, you know, he was kind of a direct guy. Yeah. He was a business owner. He is, he'd been an entrepreneur and bought and sold some businesses. He goes, well, Ramsey, the stats say that I'm right and you're wrong. And that moment impacted me. Cause in my head, I said, F this guy, yep. I'm going to win. Yep. And, um, you know, so I started my own business when I was in my early twenties. I was a real estate guy, started a real estate brokerage, um, and just got early on on a path of owning my own thing, building my own wealth. And, um, I don't know that those, those two peoples, those two, those two moments in my life, they're pretty impactful. Yeah. It's so amazing. I was just having this conversation a couple of weeks ago at the GoBundance event in Austin and, you know, we can learn as much from the negative experiences, which is what, you know, the things we don't want to see. So there's mirrors, there's good mirrors in our lives, but there's also negative ones. And this sure. has just been such a, um, a ringing conversation in my brain the last couple of weeks. And, and that's what the wrestling coach was to you. By the way, um, I lived in a trailer park too. I love it. Yeah. yeah we call it the trailer hood, man, yeah. uh, where everybody's on some sort of government assistance, you know? It's so crazy. Um, we lived in a one bedroom, one bath, single wide, a 1976 mobile home with five of us. And, you know, sometimes in my house today, the kids are, you know, banging against walls and being loud and we're like, Hey, be quiet. And I can only my, like my, my parents just, God bless their hearts. Like five of us in a, in a single wide crazy. I love it. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would it be? Virtual assistance? No, I'm just kidding. I love that. That that's that should be my answer. Um, you know, I I've never had I've never been afraid of just taking action. You know, early on, um, I I got a business degree, went to work for a bank, um, and when I started my real estate brokerage, I didn't work for somebody else. So I just started my own business. And in California, you had to, you know, go through these series of class and get a license. And so literally the person who, who put my internet in the office, cause back then you had to have, we're a completely virtual company now, but back then you had to have an office to be a real estate broker. So I had an office and the guy who hooked up my, my phone lines and the internet said, what are you going to do here? And I said, I'm a real estate guy. Besides the fact I'd only done three transactions, by the way. So I'd done three transactions and he says, Hey, you're, you're a real estate guy. I, I need, um, I need to get refinanced. I, I'm thinking about refinance. Do you do that? And I said, absolutely. I do that. <laughs> he leaves I call a friend. I said, how do you refinance a mortgage? Like, what do you do? And he says, buy this, you know, it was called Calix point. It's a software program where you actually can fill out an application and then send it off to the bank. So I bought Calix point 600, 600 bucks later and uh, fill out an application and did my first mortgage, literally never knowing how to not knowing anything about it. So I think if you were to boil it down, I just, I constantly move forward and I screw a lot of things up. I don't, you know, things don't always work out perfectly. Right. Um, but I never stop. And I think a lot of people get scared or nervous or want to have it turn out perfect. Uh, fortunately perfect is not in my vocabulary. I like it. Um, I think it was Jim Collins, a book I read years ago that, um, you know, good is the enemy of great in that yes. book, good to great. Like it's kind of reminded me of that. So many people are frozen. They're so worried about the mistakes they're going to make. And, you know, perfect is the enemy of done type conversation. Um, that that's huge. It's powerful. 
What a lesson. Well, and you know, in starting this company, literally I was at a conference and, and a friend of mine said, Hey, I'm thinking about hiring some people. I heard about this outsourcing thing and I know you're doing it. And I said, well, who are you thinking about hiring? And he tells me the company and they were, they were literally charging $35,000 a year Hmm. for virtual assistants. And I looked at him, I was like, Hey man, I got seven. Uh, I'm not paying that. I probably could find you some virtual assistants. And he goes, could you really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I need, I need five. And so I said, okay, I'm going to get you five, but I've got to charge you something because it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. I got to interview a hundred to get to the five yeah. and that it's a lot of work. And he's like, Hey, if you find me five good people, I, I don't mind if you charge me something. And literally my outdesk was born yeah. because I had a need for talent in my own business. Yep. Right. And then a friend said, could you get me some? Wow. So uh, I think the idea of taking action and moving forward, it's only created positivity in my own life. That's so good. I love it. That's awesome. What was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it? Um, I think we all go through a leadership journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm pretty an intense person when it comes to people. So, uh, you know, I have learned to uh, lead softly. Um, and so I'm a, I'm an aggressive guy. I like to win. Um, I was, I was a wrestler, you know, I've done some crazy stuff, jumped out of planes, just create, but the way I live and the way I operate, it's not normal. And I've learned that it's not normal, but I had to be a little bit older Mm -hmm. and have had experience a little bit more, a little bit of wisdom. So I think if, if I could say is, you know, in my earlier days, I, I wish I would have been softer when it came to our people. I wish I would have loved on our people a little bit more. I wish I would have realized um, that my world is just not the same. The way my brain works, the way I'm driven, the what, what I do is doesn't always line up with everyone else. And just had a, having a little bit more grace around those conversations, I think, probably is my biggest learning as a leader and a business owner. So on that note, because I, I resemble that remark a lot. Um, <laughs> um, yes. Did you, have you, I mean, obviously you've changed and you've grown and you've matured, but have you also like found yourself in different positions, like found your true place or did? No. So somebody put it to me this way, like the way I operate and the way you must operate also, it's, it's unique. It's different. Mm-hmm. And, um, because it's just who I am, I thought everybody thought like me or acted like me or had the capacities that I do. But, you know, the analogy that I I was told, and it was a great analogy, um, you know, when you go to a basketball game and you're sitting floor side, the people are huge, right? The basketball players, they're, they're like giants, even yeah. to a guy like, I'm a big guy. I'm, you know, I'm 220, you know, 510. I'm not small, yeah. right? But I go down on the basketball court and these guys are like six foot eight, you know, mm-hmm. 275 pounds and their hand size, like, you know, their, their hands, <laughs> just their hands are massive. And so what I had to realize is that as an entrepreneur, first of all, the, the path is very hard. Yep. The path is hard. 96% of entrepreneurs never break a million dollars. Mm. Okay. 96%. Wow. 
never get to a million dollars. And most entrepreneurs tell the IRS 60% that they made no money. So the fight to be an entrepreneur and have a high level of success, Mm -hmm. it's the same as comparing yourself in basketball to an NBA basketball player. On the, they're going to make you look funny. You know, they're going to make you look funny on the basketball court. So what I had to do is as an leader is I had to realize in this business game, I'm, I'm, I'm as good as a basketball guy. You know, I've scaled a big company. And so the people that I hire around me, they may or may not be basketball players. And if they are, it's a rare thing. Right. And so that's probably the best analogy um, that I could explain. That makes sense. So are you still on the front lines with the people or have you? Oh dude, every day. Cool. And you know, what's funny is I called clients today um, because it's month in we're closing. My job is to serve my, my agent or the, 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 the sales reps Mm -hmm. in our company. Mm -hmm. And, and really the best way that I can is by having those conversations to help clients get over the hump. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I could have passed you off. I mean, we have eight salespeople. Yeah. You know, I could have said, Hey Mike, talk to this guy, but I talked to you because I, I, um, I find it to be a higher level of service when you and I can connect and I can talk through what your concerns or, or, or needs are, or help you develop something that's new. And so literally today I was talking to two different clients over contract stuff. They had questions about our contract. So yeah, I, I, um, I'm a fully engaged crazy CEO and very proud of it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Even before this, Yan, who I got through you, um, and and she's amazing. Um, she asked me, she's like, have you ever actually met Daniel? And I'm like, yeah, he was my sales guy. Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. that's the thing is like, well, and, and you know, it makes a difference. I was talking to a a commercial real estate broker in Minneapolis right before this call, because he had a question about digital marketing. He and I were texting back and forth and I was like, I'm just going to call the guy. And, you know, he's a very successful, you know, been in the game 30 years and he's building his own team and he just broke off a large international commercial company. So he's building his little special thing. and He's got three team members. Those are the kind of, those are the conversations mm. here at my outdesk that we freaking love. love I'm really passionate about it. Um, you know, helping people find talent, build and scale business and, and help them like really win. That's it's, awesome. it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. What is the piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? Oh my gosh. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Oh my. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, it's systems and process. Okay. Like, so I'll break this down. Um, 96% of businesses never cross the million dollar mark. Only 4% of businesses live in the one to 10 million mark. Hmm. Right. And only 17,000. So 17,000 total ever get to $50 million or above. So you got, you've got below a million, one to 10, 10 to 50, and there's 28 million businesses in the U S. So there's a lot of businesses, right? You know, and only 17,000 have revenue of above $50 million. Well, here's the, here's the kicker. The ones that do, when you ask or speak to them or talk to their CEO or talk to their team members, they live and die by their systems and their people. Hmm. So I'm consistently like every single day 
What's your system and process? Who's on your team? How are you winning? What do we need to upgrade? You know, what's your tech stack look like? Like it's all, I mean, literally the formula, it's not rocket science. I mean, thank God, you know, business isn't rocket science, right? If it was, I wouldn't be here. Um, But it is, it's very systematic, man. Wow. Somebody says, I want to win. I'm, I'm asking them, great. Tell me about who's on your team and what the system and process is. Hmm. Wow. I mean, we could quit there and be, yeah. I mean, you know, and I, not, not to get into my, my personal stuff here, but when you're talking about those benchmark numbers, I mean, I exited a business in 2014 that had us, you know, in that third range, but I've, I've got this idea, which we briefly touched on that scales up into that. And I've been stuck a little bit and it's because of what you said. I mean, in order, like, who do I have to become in order to get to that next level? And it's, it's me as a leader but it's also me, you know, you're talking about systems and people and man, that's powerful. That's crazy. Well, last, last week, um, and I know uh, Yan's on this call, our virtual assistant, and, and we have a bunch of people that may or may not listen to this thing. But last week we had somebody say, hey, made me an offer for the business, mm-hmm. right? And when you start having a certain level of success, what happens is people start noticing and then they start trying to say, can I buy in? Can I, mm-hmm. can I, can I, jump on the boat. Right. And my answer to them was like, I'm, I'm not yet, I'm not yet done becoming the person that I need to become. And so there's just no, I'm just not ready for that yet. We haven't fulfilled our mission. We haven't been to a space where we've gotten massive scale and there's just so much, um, around who's on the team, what the system and process is, what, what has to get created in order to get that special, wow and become you know more than a 50 million dollar company that's kind of the path that we're on right now wow that's amazing that's awesome well i would love obviously we want to talk more about mod virtual and all that but i'd love to hear just kind of your your background so tell tell us oh, yeah yeah tell tell take me where you want to take me yeah no i love it uh so you heard i'm a real estate guy drives my wife crazy you know, be driving through the neighborhood and see an open house and stop. There'll be a vacant commercial building. I'm like, Ooh, let me check this out. Last weekend, uh, <laughs> last weekend, you'll love this. I, um, I, I, we we're on our way to Tahoe and I was like, Hey babe, I'm thinking about investing in this winery that's in grass Valley, which is in Northern California. And the reason is because we've had these smoke, these fires that's ruined all the Napa Valley grapes. Like Napa Valley has been on fire, but, but grass Valley hasn't been. And there's a a particular area where you can buy grapes in grass Valley and it's still California wine, which is huge in Asia and, and Europe. And so, so anyways, a friend of mine says, Hey, he, he wanted some capital. And I was like, Hey babe, do you mind if we go check out this winery while we're on our way up to Tahoe to our cabin? And she's like, Oh God, do we have, I mean, do we really have to, oh, come on, we're going to our cabin. Like, why do we have to do this? I'm like, ah, you know, there's live music. There's, there's a, there's a food truck there. It's outdoors. Don't worry. And it's only a, like a, a 40 minute detour. So we can stop and get a little lunch and check it out, you know? And she's like, well, how much do they want? You know, and I literally, I'm just doing a loan, like a, 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 a regular note on, on the property, first deed of trust. And so we drive out there and the whole way she's like, so how do you know this guy? 
are you sure you want to do a wine place? You know, like I, this is your, another one of your dumb ideas. That's what she's basically saying yeah, to totally. me. Right. And we get there and she's like, Oh my God, this place is amazing. You know, there's like an event place and there's 40 acres, 23 of the acres is actually planted and they've got a huge amount of variety, 160 acres um, next to it that they have farming rights to. Wow. And so I'm like, this is a, and, and it's a half a million bucks in, in terms of a loan. And you know, the banks aren't giving any interest right now. Right. So my, you know, my interest was last year for our, all of our accounts combined, we made $13 in interest last so year crazy. from our bank. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I'm like, I got to find a place to make a little interest, right? A little passive interest money. Yeah. So, um, the whole way up there, my wife's poo pooing the idea saying, no, I don't want to do it. This is dumb, Daniel. And, uh, we get up there and she's like, Oh, this is a really good idea. I think you should do this one. You know? So my, I, I tell that story because I'm consistently looking for opportunities. I love real estate as a passive income vehicle. I think as a business owner, um, I'm always amazed at businesses that don't own the real estate that they use. And I think that's a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, we have a trailer park in Florida. I'm investing in a hotel in San Antonio. Although, you know, that might not be a great, you know, with COVID going on, that that wasn't a great one. Uh, I'm still crossing my fingers on that. Um, but I'm a real estate guy through and through yep. who loves leverage, who loves building and scaling companies. And, you know, I was on my honeymoon. I don't know if my wife knows how much I talk about her. That's the funny story. You know, like I I don't think she listens to any of these. So one day I'm going to have to send her one, but, um, we're, I'm literally on my honeymoon closing a a real estate transaction and the bartender took my phone and started making fun of me in Spanish, right? Stupid white guy. What's wrong with him? Beautiful bride back in the office. You're back in, in, in the bungalow. And it's like a Francis Ford Coppola resort in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. So, like in the jungle, monkeys are swinging. There's like yeah. lake in front of us. And and as this guy is making fun of me, I'm thinking, this isn't what I got into business for. Mm. I wanted to own the business, not have the business own me. Yeah. And so my story is, it was at that moment that we started hunting talent, happened to be in the Philippines. And we've just slowly built, um, you know, now we're at 1300 virtual assistants. Wow. Um, serving businesses like yours across the U S and Canada. That's awesome. So who's, who's the business targeted toward? I mean, is it any small business owner? Is it, is there a certain niche or. Yeah. I mean, I'm a real estate guy, so we started with that niche. Um, but we've been recently, you know, healthcare is a big, um, push for us. We have over a hundred healthcare, um, clients like the in-home healthcare and, mm-hmm you know, doctor clinics and estheticians, like some weird businesses, the health and beauty kind of world is, is one of the areas. Insurance is a big vertical for us. Tech, um, investors. Um, the reality is our vertical is anybody who's growing and scaling a business Mm. who needs talent. If you find yourself, you know, without an assistant, not working out, you need more time with the family, you can't seem to get everything done. Like, that's what we do. We help in that, in those yeah. scenarios. You know, what's interesting, this is just an observation, but when, when COVID hit, I don't know, we're in November, I think. I don't even know. Yep. What, I don't even know. No, it's October. It's not November yet. Yan's so good at managing my calendar. I don't even know what day it is. No. <laughs> right, right. Um, but no, I noticed um, be, 
just because of the business you're in, um, your people are so good at tech and, and the digital side of the business and zoom. And I mean, Yan's yep. a rock star. Um, yep. and I think it's just inherent to the fact that you're dealing with virtual assistants. So it's for those of us that are, you know, weren't virtual pre COVID. I mean, this is a great transition. Yeah. We, um, actually during COVID, one of the things that we did is, um, we created a go remote guide and if you're good, we'll give it away to the audience. Yeah. But we, we put 13 pages together of all the tips and tricks and everything that we've implemented. And it was really, I mean, look in March and April, it was like, whoa, that's a big deal because it was 13 pages of, no, you need to have this kind of a Zoom. You've got to have lighting. You need a yeah. good camera. You got to have, I mean, like these little things that we've just always done because we're a virtual company were actually really, really valuable. There was a time when you couldn't get a laptop. Wow. Like in yeah. California, you couldn't get a laptop or a camera if you wanted one, Jeez. you know? So we threw out a guide and helped a lot of our clients actually make the transition selling from Zoom. We've wow. been doing it for 13 years. Yep. Like before Zoom, we used Skype. Before Skype, God, what it was um what was the name of that? Go to meeting? Yeah. No, it was like a it was a go to meeting, yeah. It was a go to meeting. Hmm. I think they're gone now. Yeah. Maybe they're still here. I'm not sure. But I'm not sure yeah. So we put together that guide and and it's really cool. And we have some technology too. Our people log into a thing called My Time In. So our customers kind of see when they log in, know what's going on and have a little bit of controls around like internet speed and location and, and computers. So we have the technology and our people are typically tend to be, you know, higher, highly educated and very motivated because these are good jobs for, for their customers. Yeah. What percentage of your clients like, and I don't know if you know the exact percentage, but get a, an assistant with you and then keep adding on. Is that a big number? Actually, it's, it's a big part of 25%. Yeah. 25% of our clients add on and, and it's a huge number of our new business because, um, we, what happens is, and I tell people, this, this is funny. I tell people that we're like crack, you know, and I, you know, it's a very harsh description, sure. but literally once you, once you, you know, and here's the process, right. To your, one of your questions, my advice, create a system process, get through the iterations of making sure it works, right? Test it, tweak it. You can do it with a virtual assistant or you could do it ahead of hiring a virtual assistant. Then once you give that job away, you get that time back. I mean, we're in the time freedom podcast, right? Yeah. Um, so we call that compound leverage, you know, just like compound interest, you, you know, it doubles every seven years. The thing is business owners, they think, and I, I'm in this, I'm, dude, I'm in this world. Yeah. I was a deleg, like a helicopter delegator. That's what I was doing on my honeymoon, working on my honeymoon, right? Yeah. I'd give a job away and I'd be like, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? What does it look like? Give it to me now. I want to yeah. see, I want to review, you know, like, and why, or, or I just do it myself. Right. Yep. So, that obviously didn't produce the result that I wanted. So if you can build a system and process, you can test and tweak and kind of refine it. Mm -hmm. And then you give it away to somebody, you get that time back. And with that time that you get just purchased back, um, you know, as long as you focus on growing your business, then you're going to get to a space where you're growing and scaling and hopefully doing fun, cool stuff too. I mean, you know, for guys like us, we don't want, the repetitive stuff. We don't want the stuff that you put into a system. We want the new, interesting, hard problems to solve. Yeah. 
And uh, that's such an interesting point because, you know, I thought at one point in time that because I hated doing certain things, repetition, certain tasks that everybody hated that. And that's just not the case. No. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of a crazy. So what would you say, this was a big road. I'll just say it like you said it. So we're on a sales call and you're like, Mike, you're either going to do it or you're not. Cause I'm making all these excuses about <laughs> why the I, time. yeah, the time to put, put it in place. And, and you were basically like, you're, you're just making excuses. Like you're either going to do this or you're just going to put up, I deserve what I put up with. Right. And so what would you say? I know there's a lot of business owners out there and even people that are in the, there's a lot of people that listen to this show that are still in a W2 job yeah. and they have some level of passive income and they're scaling and they're stressed out. My wife and I talk to them all the time. They're yep. overloaded. They might be working twice as much as the other person. So I know there's a fear factor around assistance because people feel like we need to have everything together, which is what I was mm-hmm. feeling before yep. they hire someone. So just talk us through that. What's your, what's your advice for that person? Cause I know it could go either way. Yeah. I mean, look, and that's kind of why I said build a system or process and iterate it and you can do it before your virtual assistant or after. Um, the thing, the thing that I would do if I was, on this call, considering hiring a virtual assistant. The first thing that we love to tell our clients to do is a sticky challenge. And you, I may have told you about this when we originally talked, but it's where you just follow yourself around with stickies, mm-hmm. right? And then you write down the time that you're spending and then whether the task is dollar productive or non-dollar productive. Mm-hmm. So very simple, right? Are you talking to clients? Are you growing the business? Are you adding value to the business in a, in a sales marketing capacity way? Right. Or are you doing administrative work? Are you doing something that is repetitive, something that should be in a system or process, something that may need to get done, but just isn't super valuable. Yeah. You know, so you, you, you just do this sticky challenge and you write down how many hours you, you spend doing it. And, wildly enough, like wildly enough, what happens is people typically aren't doing as much dollar productive activity as they think they are. You know, they they realize it's 10 or 15 or 20% at best. They do the sticky challenge and they're like, holy moly, I'm spending the majority of my time being an assistant. Like I'm, I'm an, I'm a highly educated person or I'm really super successful. I've got all this opportunity. And when I break it down after two weeks, 70% of my day is in stuff that doesn't really matter or that I can pay somebody 10, 15 bucks an hour to do. Right. And so, you know, step one is just know where you are, figure out what you need to do in order to get to the next step, Mm -hmm. right. Of, of your business evolution, whether that's quitting a W2 and starting a business or, or having a business and growing it you know, start with why and what, where, where you want to go. Yeah. Right. But then yeah. do the work of figuring out, you know, what you're spending your time on. I, I would guarantee that if you haven't done this before, this might be the most impactful study that you do in your business career. I love it. That's so applicable to everyone. So you're not, you're not the company. Like if I want to hire somebody for two hours a month to do work for me, right? No, that's the thing. We, um, there was a big time frame where we toyed with like part-time work. We did 10 hours a week. We did 20 hours a week and 40 hours a week. And what we found was that most of the customers that were doing 10 and 20 hours a week, just they weren't as satisfied. They weren't as happy, meaning they, 
they, they got some value out of it, just not as much as our full-time customers. And so we squarely focused on full-time folks, folks that have enough work that it makes financial and viable sense Mm -hmm. to spend the money to hire somebody. And, and it's been a, it's, you ask challenges for a business. It was hard to walk away from the part-time money because sure. as a business, it generated a good, it was like 20% of our total revenue, right? Yeah. 20%. So we, we literally stopped doing that four years ago and just walked away from 20% of our revenue and said, we're not doing that anymore. Um, people looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. Um, but we, we squarely focus on companies who, you know, are trying to grow and scale and they need the support and their time is valuable. And they realize that, you know, time is the only thing you can't buy more of. There's only, there's a finite amount of it. It's going to run out at some time. And so those are the folks that we add the most value to. I love it. So I'm really interested to get your take on this. I think, um, with your business experience, real estate running, uh, MOD, all this, what, like, what do you see coming the next couple of years? And I'm not looking for a crystal ball on the economy, but what do you see coming and what would your advice be, you know, to business owners and real estate investors and all of that? Like what's some of the most important things we can really work on? Yeah, I love it. I mean, honestly, I, I might not be the best guy, guy for advice. You know, COVID happened, our business blew up, you know, it just like exploded. And in 45 days we had, um, it's something like 140 of our clients raise their hand and say, Hey, I need, I need support. I need help. I need to cut hours or change something or cancel. And so in that first month of COVID literally as a company, we were, we were concerned. We didn't, we had no idea. And then right after April, what happened? Our business just shot. It went, it went nuts. Everybody was like, Oh, um, we're still in business and we still need help, you know? And so we've seen our sales increase now. It's like we're running on 55% increase year over year, which has been huge for us. Um, but you're, you know, so I don't know if I'm the guy for advice, right. But you know, you can't ignore 2% interest rates. Like you just can't ignore that. So if you're in the real estate game, you're a W2 guy or, or you, you're a gal who's thinking about quitting their job, interest rates are so low that it's, it feels like it's a time to borrow like as much as you possibly can, as yeah. many ways as you possibly can mm-hmm. and find a home for that money. Right. right. Um, <clears throat> in the real estate world, I mean, there's always pockets of, challenge, meaning, you know, watch out for office right now. I would not be buying movie theaters or malls, right. Right, right. (laughs) Or hotels in cities. Uh, but you know, industrial is still strong. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, apartments strong, you know, mobile home storage unit that there's, there are these glimmers, right? So yeah, I know, um, from a, from a cash perspective, what we're doing as a company is just really conserving as much cash as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. Because if there is a shift in the market, like everybody's kind of predicting, but worried about, but not sure about, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about stock markets and all that stuff. We're just in a, in a kind of a hold pattern. And I think a lot of people are too. Um, And so we've just gotten really good with managing expenses and knowing what our cash position is and getting ready to pull the trigger when it makes sense. Yeah. Well, and you, I think your business, I'll say it, maybe you thought to say it and just didn't, but I think your business is actually 
um, something that we all should consider. Uh, my team has another assistant um, from you guys, and they nice. love him. I was just talking with Tyler about it, and and I mean he, he's killing it for him. And this is in a position yeah. that we've struggled to hire for. We've had two full time people that couldn't keep up with this position, and we mm. hired a virtual assistant from you guys, and and he's killing it. Um, mm. And so you know, just with everything that's going on right now, I don't think there's a better time. Um, to not have some virtual assistants on your team from a company, my outdesk, you guys do a great job. The whole process is super simple. It's, um, it's not, it's not necessarily overnight might take a week or two to really get through the process. And, and then you guys narrow down the interview process, which is also super valuable. Cause I don't have to, you said it early on, but you guys sort through the hundred to get us down to two or three candidates. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And literally that is the number wildly enough. So, so it's interesting. Um, as you think about what's the future looks like, what we've done is we've brought this ability to get, you know, low cost help in your business. That's really educated. They're educated. Mm -hmm. They're hard workers. They love the job. They love making impact and they want to be a part of your team. Like they literally want to be a part of your team. Wildly enough, that isn't the experience for all of your employees, you know? So for us, um, we believe in something called a blended model where, you know, you have people that are, you know, here and they're typically the licensed person, the ex- the person who's got the experience, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the role or the industry that you're, you're living in or serving. Mm-hmm. And then there's an army of virtual assistants behind them doing all the stuff that need to get done, yep. but might not be the licensees work or the expertise work. And when you do that, you know, you're going to have, you're going to see growth. Yeah. Well, and there's so many of, we've got so many limiting beliefs around assistance. And one of mine was, I need my assistant in my office. <laughs> and it just 95, 97% of, of what my assistant does, she doesn't need to be in my office. And so that's another, we've got all these roadblocks to success and, and yep. um, you know, hiring, and it just hasn't been the case. And so, you know, Yan, Yan's in the background and she's listening to us right now, but um, there's all these limiting thoughts that we have that hasn't been my experience with my outdesk. Um, and these are just thoughts. It shouldn't be this way, but if there's any roadblocks out there that have hindered you from thinking this, I just want to share it. Um, I would put Yan on any phone call with any client, no matter how big or small it is. Like she's very educated. Um, she, I think sometimes like the tech support from, you know, certain companies that you can't understand your tech support when you're trying to get your credit Uh, card unlocked has basically influenced me in a bad way, but that's not the case with my outdesk. Your people are phenomenal. Well, and it's because I'm an entrepreneur and I, I, I'm got stupid high standards when it comes to communication. Right. So as a company, we just aren't going to onboard somebody that you can't have a conversation with that doesn't have high speed internet that doesn't have, you know, speaker and phone and, yeah. and computer and a computer that works. We do all of the screening up front, yeah. you know, even, even English. I mean, it's a, it's their primary, you know, language there. You, you go and most people speak English. And so, you know, it's just, it's the easy button for talent. You yeah. said a week or two, but dude, I, I don't, I don't know about any, if you're listening right now, the last time you tried to hire somebody in the U S like that process takes three, six months sometimes, you know, totally, <laughs> like, totally, dude, it's just, it's hard work to get yep. somebody, uh, to come and be an employee and find the right fit. And even then, you know, 
you might hire wrong. So yeah, we're, we're really excited about the future. We believe in the blended model. We think there's a lot of growth potential in this market. I love it. You have, um, and I don't, maybe we don't want to talk about this, but you have, um, some tech that you guys use that you're offering to companies too. Is it, is that live or? Yeah. So forever. So here's the thing. One, when you have, you know, five employees, like you don't really have to, you know, keep a hold of where they are. Mm -hmm. You get to 50 employees, you get to a hundred. And in our case, we got to 500 and I was like, wait, what do you mean? Mike's out today. He's supposed to be working. Where, where's Mike, you know? And, um, so we had to build something that told us when our virtual assistant was here working and good internet connection, you know, and in the right spot. So we have this technology, excuse me, it's called my time in and all of our people log in on it. And, you know, we can, we basically can make sure that everybody's, you know, doing their thing like they're supposed to. And it's a really big deal once you get to, in our case, we're at 1300. So it'd be really tough to do that in a spreadsheet or in like, or in a, you know, on paper. So we just had to build this and our customers get access to it completely free as part of our service. And so it's just a good tool. Is that something that you're going to offer to clients outside of MOD? We, we are working towards being able to offer that outside of my outdesk. Um, it's one of those, it's one of those things it's right now it's built specifically on top of our platform. So it like has a lot of weird business logic that would only make sense if you have 1300 people in the Philippines and your customers are in the U S. So we're working towards being able to make that, um, available for everyone right now. And it's, it's a fun puzzle because I think, and the reason I say we're working towards it, when COVID hit, the whole world became remote. Yeah. And all of a sudden the market went from 3% of the U.S. population to like 70%. Wow. And so with that kind of dramatic growth, we were like, hey, wait, we got, we got this platform. Yeah. People, people actually need this now. Yeah. So we're working towards that. We hope to have something launched soon. Well, you have so many clients that are fans. I've actually had three of your clients tell me that you have this time platform that we can just buy. So yeah, <laughs> you, you have, that's why I was even asking it. I thought it was live just cause you've been referred. So it's cool. Yeah. I love it. Amazing stuff. Well, what else, what else do you want to want to leave us with? I mean, how do people find out about my out desk? I mean, it's, it's behind you, but not everybody's watching the video. So, um, yeah, if you're, if you're listening or watching, I, I, I want to give of everyone a copy of our book. You, I'd sent it to you when you first signed up. It's really, I. Uh, I mean, it's basically 13 years of my heart and hard work put into like 130 pages, right? And the idea was to give our clients like a a guide Mm -hmm. that was specific, that were actionable, like every single technology that you need to work with a virtual assistant, how to manage them, how to train them. What's, what's important when you're connecting with, you know, people who are remote versus physical, like what's that different? What's the cultural difference, right? Mm -hmm. So it literally is how to scale your business with mod virtual professionals. That's Mm -hmm. our, that's what we, the, my outdesk mod family. And so if you're listening, you can get a copy by texting, um, SVP. So scale with virtual professionals, SVP, is in the message section. And in the number section, you can put 319 
0.96 and you can download a free copy um, on a Kindle or PDF version. But if you're considering hiring a virtual assistant, um, I would get the book, period. Whether you hire us or somebody else, I mean, I don't want you to hire somebody else. But if you do it, don't screw it up. Get the book so you know exactly what the steps are that you need to take to be supported and, and, and to do it right. Totally. And so if they're interested, they're ready to pull the trigger and start going through the process, just www.myoutdesk.com. Is that the best place or? Yeah. And I mean, when you download the book, you'll start getting our emails and some information. I mean, the other day we had a client ask, so what do I do once I hire? And we literally have a blog post about it. You know, how does, how does somebody like Yan support, support you, Mike? Well, we have a blog post or a video series about, you know, digital marketing and how somebody can help them. Right. So a lot of our content is on our website at myoutdesk.com and you'll, once you grab the book, you'll, you're in the family, man. We'll, yeah. we'll make sure you get all the love every week. Yeah. I think there's actually a lot of fear around taking these next steps. I know I experienced it. Um, and being on the other side of it, um, it's, it's great. What would you say about that fear? I mean, it's interesting to hear you talk about that. Well, for years I've heard about virtual assistants and we just have all these preconceived ideas and limiting beliefs about how much work it's going to be and how much work it's going to be on me and I'm going to have to, and they're just great. The whole process is great. It's the fear of the unknown. I mean, it's no different than getting into real estate investing or anything else. It's all these ideas we've built in our brain. And I would say just take the plunge, start the process. What do you think, what, what caused you to take the plunge? Like, what was it? Well, so number one, it was a trust factor um, uh-huh. because I've had, I've had several people um, tell me how great your service was. Yep. Um, but then number two, you know, we're in GoBundance together, which we haven't really talked about. And um, just hearing people's experience through that, which is a referral, but that's not enough. Um, so for me, it was a trust factor, which we can't develop just over, you know, a podcast here, but um, that's why I'm, to, you know, take, take the leap. Um, and maybe it's more, I had gone through two assistants physically and made the wrong hires. And so yeah. I was a little, little gun shy there. So you had enough pain. There was a referral source and then our interaction caused you to say, okay, I'm going to try it. Yep. Well, and the other side of it, and I don't want to make this sound like it's ever a short commitment, but it's not like, when we hire somebody, you said this already, but the pain, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the onboarding, the HR, all the health, like all that stuff is a nightmare. It's like a seven month process. Um, this is easy. And I'm not saying it's easy to the extent that you should just test it out for a couple of days and you can let it go. It's not that easy, but also this is not like our normal hiring process. You guys do all the vetting, exactly. you do all the work. There's not a lot of risk in this and I'm blown away. There you go, man. I, I told you I'd interview you on your podcast, right? Did we talk about that? I mean, we did. I, I think we did talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. Anything else we want to talk about? Yeah. So when somebody comes in to do a consultation with us, we'll break down systems process, who's on your team now, what your goals are, what the revenue. And my favorite question is like, Hey, what's your, and th- this might be a great way to end actually is if I waved a wand mm-hmm. Um, that's my sensitive way or put a gun to your head and you had to double your business. You like had to, it was imperative for your lives or the lives of your, your, your loved ones. What would you need to do? Like who's on your team? 
what do you need to do? What are your three initiatives? What are the three problems you're going to solve in your business? Or what are the three opportunities that you're going to take advantage of? And so we'll go through that process with somebody breaking down, you know, whether or not their concepts of working with a virtual assistant would make sense, you know, that we could help them, that they have the right systems and process. So we do all of that as a consultation and it's completely free. And every month, like we're working towards 500 right now, a month consultations where people come to us and tell us, Hey, here's what I need. And we say yay or nay, or yes, you can do that, but you need to add this. Right. And so most of the time we're, we're basically creating custom solutions for business owners who need support and needs need talent. And all of that is completely free. I love it. Well, for those of you that are listening, you, you heard kind of my, again, limiting beliefs, the roadblocks that I was having. And so for anyone out there that, um, I, you know this, I don't pitch anything on my show. Um, Daniel's a friend of mine and I've gotten great experience from his business. And so if you have any questions or you're experiencing roadblocks, I mean, obviously you can reach out to them, but if you have any questions and want to talk to me about my experience, just to, you know, push that along, happy to do it. Just shoot an email to team at investingforfreedom.co and just, um, you know, say Daniel Ramsey in the subject line or my out desk, whatever you want. And Yan, my amazing assistant, will work with me to, to, to get in touch with you and, and, and help you along. But that was my roadblock. Like I was just concerned and, um, happy to help cause it's been amazing for me and appreciate everything you're doing out there, Daniel. Yeah. Thanks for having me today. It's been fun. Yeah. Thank you. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.